This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. The day before Martin Luther King Day. Welcome to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 FM. 1200 AM and 1440 AM. You can also listen to us online at ESPNSyracuse.com. You can also get our podcast there. Uh, go to ESPNSyracuse.com, look for players only, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in the search bar ESPN Radio Syracuse and look for players only. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app as well. I'm Matt Slocum with, alongside my co-host Ryan Story and Ryan, we're in the middle of January. Yep. Martin Luther King Day's tomorrow, so you're looking forward to a day off from school. I wish I could get a day off from work, but that's yeah. a different story. Um, <laughs> um, that being said, though, there's still a lot of high school sports going on. I mean, yeah. we're not quite into the crunch time yet, but we are definitely past the midway point. Yeah. We are essentially... The half of the season. Yeah, we're about two-thirds of the way there, I should say. Not quite three quarters yet. Three quarters probably won't be until we get to like early February. But there's been a lot of good action mm-hmm. in in the high school sports world, especially around here in Section 3. And we start uh, in the boys' basketball department. And speaking of exciting games, we had one that go, went into overtime. Essentially, it was Section 3's game of the week. Yeah. Um, as you told me earlier before the show began, um, Liverpool taking on West Genesee, both teams in the SCAC. Liverpool's unbeaten in conference play at six and zero in the SCAC, nine and one over, eight and one overall heading into this game. And West Jenny was nine and one going into this game, seven and one in the SCAC. And boy, they played a behemoth of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool ends up winning, pulling away in overtime, sixty four fifty five, winning by nine. But boy. It was a good game uh, yeah, I mean, in Liverpool. It really determined who the favorite in Class AA was. Like, uh, more or less, unless one of these teams has a massive fall-off, Liverpool should secure the number one seed heading into the Class AA playoffs. But again, I mean, they do rematch on February 10th, so that's going to be mm-hmm. a game where everyone's got to be looking at that one because these two teams are the premier teams of, honestly, Section 3 at this point. Yeah, and, and you look at how this game went. Uh, Liverpool... Led 21-13 at the end of the first quarter. But West Jenny made a comeback second half, outscoring Liverpool 15-8 in the third quarter and then 10-8 in the fourth quarter to send the game to overtime. And then Liverpool just caught fire in that overtime period, winning by nine. Uh, Looking at some of the top scorers from this game, West Jenny's Christian Kane, 19 points on the night. Jordan Kane had 12. uh, And Christian Amika added 10. Uh, for West Jenny. And on the other side of the ball, uh, for Liverpool, Andreo Ash, 22 points. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wingate, 19 points. This was a great game. Yeah. I mean, you look at the standings right now uh, here in the 22-23 season. Um, West Jenny is, uh, is still on top. Liverpool's now number two mm-hmm. uh, in double-A. Um, but I even with the win, it's, you know, nothing's really changed. Yeah, but it's you, just more, uh, West Jenny's played more SCAT games, so uh, once Liverpool catches up to them, they'll Yeah, they'll, they'll most over. likely switch spots. Yeah. 
But this is so far shaping up to be a really good uh, Class AA Section 3 playoff coming up. I mean, I know they don't start for a while yet, but you look at where things stand right now. Again, West Jenny and Liverpool 1 and 2, Cicero North Syracuse at CBA 3 and 4, uh, even Auburn at 8 and 4 right now. And is, FM. You can't count and FM. FM. You can't count FM. 5 and 3. Um, a lot of good teams. I mean, really, only three teams right now are in danger of missing the playoffs mm-hmm. Ludden, Fowler, and Henniger. Yeah. But all they need is just a couple wins, and, you know, they could get back into the playoff uh, consideration. But as of right now, <laughs> It's anybody's race in Class AA. And that goes to show you with how this game was played yep. between Liverpool and West Jenny. Easily one of the best games, I think, so far of the season right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they meet again later. Yeah, they play February 10th. Yeah, towards the end of the season. So mm-hmm. th- that circled that game, uh, that game being played down at Camillus on February 10th. I'd circle that. Yep. That's important. And, I mean, this game really just... I mean, I had said going into the season that West Genesee was my favorite to win Class Double, and I still think that because um, Liverpool is a great team, and Andreo Ash is one of the best matchups, or one of the hardest matchups to go against in the entire section because he's a center who is able to dominate you on the inside, and West Genesee hasn't really found anyone yet to be able to go guard him and uh, shut down the interior. And, uh, I mean, I saw Andreo against CNS where he single-handedly won them that game earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Now he comes to West Tennessee, drops 22 points, and uh, wins that game. So, I mean, I'd like to see West Tennessee really adjust and have a bigger guy on him to be able to shut him down. Maybe you have to double-team him. And I know that leaves Bruce Wingate, uh, Liverpool's other uh, premier player. It leaves him open to score more. But honestly, having Wingate score is a lot better than having Andreo just dominate you down low. And then for also for West Tennessee, I'd like to see them adjust and get Gary McLean some more playing time, or more, not more playing time, obviously he's playing a lot, but just more scoring, a more role, a higher role in that because he only had four points in this game. But when he's scoring more, the entire team plays a lot better. So those are some of the adjustments I'd like to see West Tennessee make. But yeah, right now Liverpool is the top dog in Class AA. They're the premier team right now. Yeah, and it, yeah, and I agree with you 100%. You look at and- Andrew Ash's stats right now. He scored more than 20 points in every single game except two of them. Yeah. Uh, December 18th against University Prep. He only had 19. 19. Mm-hmm. And 10 rebounds in that game. Uh, and then he scored 18 against Schenectady. Other yeah. than that, he has scored more than 20 points in every single game. Yeah, he's averaging over 23 on the season. Which yeah. Is and, he's o- and he's only rate. a junior. Mm-hmm. He's only a junior. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got one more year of eligibility left, and he's already scored 774 points in his high school career. Yeah. I mean, and he scored 394 his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that I think could, if he continues to play this well, both this year and next year, without getting hurt, mind you, he could be at least top Division two, if not mid-tier Division one. Oh, I think caliber. he's D1 talent easily, as long yeah. as he just keeps up this pace, yeah. Yeah, I, the kid's got so much talent. We'd love to have him on the show so mm-hmm. we could talk to him more. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome way because he's having such a great year yeah um so if you're out there please andreo reach out to us we want to talk to you (laughs) um some other games this week cba going up against bishop grimes in the ohsl uh some ohsl action and uh cba got away Mm -hmm. they they win 62 56 over grimes uh in a game that really didn't look like it was going to go away 
it wasn't going to go Grimes' favor, but boy, they made a comeback. Give them credit. Yep. Outscoring CBA 24 to 19 in the fourth quarter, but ended up losing by six. Uh, look at the stats from this one. Braden Burns leading the way, 26 points uh, for the brothers in that game. Steve DeRegis added 18. Nobody else had above 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a little bit of worry, a worrisome look there. But if you look at Grimes' stats, Deng Garang, 30 points, yep. 10 rebounds, and three steals. Great numbers in a losing effort. Nobody else got above 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Abernathy was close at nine points. As well as six rebounds. Yeah, but, yeah. but John Coral added six and 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not bad at all. Grimes is a pretty good team, but what worries me about both of them heading into uh, the later stages of the season as we get closer to the postseason play it's usually one or two scores, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's worrisome in a lot of things, especially for Grimes when you only have one player scoring double digits in a game, um, and you rely on and you rely on that one player to carry your team. Um, that being said, Grimes last year as a what fifteen seed in the uh, Class A tournament. Yeah, they were they had they weren't a super high seed, but yeah, they made a decent run. Yeah, they made a great run all yep. the way to the semis. Yep. But so I mean, Grimes isn't a one player team. They've got a lot of talent on that team. It was just in this game, CBA's defense really stepped up and they forced uh Grimes to play through their best player um in Dengarang. But I mean, you have guys like John Coral, like Nathan Abernathy, even Eric Wall as a senior, he's been a great three point shooter all year. But yeah, just a bit of a colder uh, shooting game for Grimes against a team where CBA is kind of a lot like Syracuse in some sense, where if you want to really play your best against them, you have to be shooting well from the three point line because they'll give you those three point looks a lot. And so, uh, rather than trying to get it down low, I think you have to be shooting more, and that's where Grimes just struggled a little bit. So I'd love to see a rematch between these two teams. I'm not sure if it's happening this year, but I mean, Grimes is the premier team in Class A. We've known that CBA at AA is... Oh, no, they do rematch on the 3rd, on February 3rd. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, CBA, one of the best teams in AA. Grimes, the best team in Class A. So yeah, this is a great battle between these two teams, and Grimes proved that they can hang with any team that is thrown their way. Oh yeah, Th- there's no doubt about it that Grimes can hang hang around. But again, what concerns me is that basically you're running your offense through one player, mm-hmm. and and that's something Grimes can't afford to do. I mean, yeah. they got away with it a bunch of it last year. This year, not so much. Yeah, and I think Grimes needs to. Really focus on getting other players' looks. I mean, especially because all other teams have to do is shut down that one player and you're, you go on to win games. Yep. Garang's a great player, but if he doesn't get the help that he needs, Grimes won't be going much of anywhere, even though the record's 8-3. and three. And you also got to give some credit to CBA here because uh, some of their players shot lights out. Braden Burns, 26 points. Mm-hmm. And then Stevie DeRegis uh, getting 18 points along with four three-pointers. That's... So um, that's tough to stop if you're an, an opposing team playing yeah. CBA. Yeah, and, and as you said, CBA one of the one of the top ten teams in uh, in Double A. Yeah. Um, will they win it all? No, because I think they still got to go through West Jenny and Liverpool. But you know, I, I wouldn't count CBA out just yet yeah. in terms of Double A. And finally, in some Frontier League action, Watertown squeaks by, and I mean squeaks by General Brown fifty two fifty one off a buzzer beater. Three-point shot. And Watertown is still alive in terms of uh, making the playoffs. Yeah. 
look at some of the stats in this one. Three players in double figures uh, for Watertown. And they only played six guys. Yeah. They only played six. Uh, Jack Adams, 17 points. Seth Charlton, 13. Patrick Dua, 11 points. Not bad. And then General Brown, same thing. They only played five guys. Yeah. Uh, Tuster Rossbrook leading the way, 14 points and 14 rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Ryan Hiller and Luke Heller, 13 and 11 points, respectively, uh, for them. Uh, again, there's a squeaker of a game. General Brown, 7-2, and two, probably still one of the top teams, I believe, in section uh, Class C. Class B. Or yeah, Class B. Class B. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, General Brown, definitely one of those top teams in Class B. Yeah. Uh, right now, I they're listed at number five right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again... <laughs> sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. That's and that's that's what happened with Watertown. And what's interesting about it, they were outscored thirteen to five that third quarter, mm-hmm. and then made a miraculous comeback, outscoring them twenty to ten in the fourth quarter to win on that buzzer beater. Yep, um, they needed all of those points. Oh yeah, needed all that point. Watertown is, is is again, like I said, still in the hunt. Yeah, for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. still plenty of action left to play. Yeah. Um. This was just a great game. I mean, all the credit to Patrick Dua. After the shot was missed, he went up and got that buzzer-beating putback, and that's how the Cyclones won because without that play, they don't win this game. And, I mean, uh, Watertown has a bunch of pretty good players. They don't have one guy like an Andreo Ash type player where he's like an all-star, uh, like all-CNY talent, but they've got a bunch of really good players, and they merged to make a pretty good team that can hang with these general Browns, hang with the top teams in the section, and that's why Watertown's going to be a playoff team. And right now they're just looking to get uh, better seating, uh, hopefully, so they don't have to go against a team like General Brown in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, uh, yeah, you definitely want to avoid that. And you look at Watertown's schedule, it actually looks pretty decent. They got Carthage at home this week, yep. as well as going on the road to Governor, and they take on Indian River. Yep. Uh, Indian River, by the way, they played earlier in the year, won that one easily, 76-45. Mm-hmm. So winnable games coming up, yep. winnable games for... Uh, for Watertown. I think one of the games they'll have circled is their last game of the year, January 31st, when they go to Lowville, who they only lost to by five at home. Yep. Um, so that's something they'll circle on the on the calendar. But yeah, just a couple more wins in Watertown. Might be in good position for a middle-of-the-pack seed, which would avoid uh, facing a top seed like General Brown until maybe the semis. Mm-hmm. So a lot of action left to be played. A lot of action left to be played. When we come back, we'll talk girls basketball. Uh, Some exciting games happening there. So more players only when we come back on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Players only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. And like I said, let's talk girls basketball. And again, some exciting action that took place. We start off with a juggler classic uh, between Baldwinsville and Utica Notre Dame. This one also took overtime to decide, along with the West Jenny Liverpool boys game. Beville ends up winning this one 68-65. Baldwinsville keeping their season alive. They're now 4-4 on the year, 1-3 in the SCAC. Utica Notre Dame, that's their fourth loss overall on the campaign. They're still unbeaten, though, in the Tri Valley League at 6 0. Uh, in this game, points uh, Carly Young leading the way 
for Ballinsville. 23 points. Kyra Wilbur had 17, and Natalie Hollings had added 16 points for the Bees uh, in the winning effort. For Utica, Notre Dame, 23 points, 12 rebounds, a double-double for Maggie Trinkus in the loss. As well as 11 free throws. 11 free throws. Eh, yeah, she took plenty of trips to the free throw line mm-hmm. and made 11 of them. And that's that's how you do it. You, win, you try and get points easily. That's why they're called free throws for a reason. Sydney yeah. Saring, 10 points. Uh, as well uh, with Ella Trinkus getting 10 points and 8 boards. So not bad for Utica Notre Dame in a losing effort. That being said, though, this easily one of the best games in girls basketball so far this year, Taking going into overtime. Uh, Notre Dame, it, it was tight in the first, first two quarters alone. Both teams scoring 13 points, tied at 26 of the break. Utica Notre Dame led by 6 at the end of 3, and then Ballinsville came back. Tied it up, forced it to overtime, and then ended up winning 68-65. Um, not bad. Not bad. Ballinsville is still alive yep. at 4-4. Four and four. They're still in danger of potentially not making the playoffs. But when you look, look at it, pretty right, good, right? they look pretty decent right now. And they're, they're in a good spot mm-hmm. heading into you know the last third of the season so far. But, I mean, you know what this game reminds me of? What? Uh, kind of like yesterday, Notre Dame uh, getting the lead against Oh, boy, we're going to be mentioning Notre Dame a lot. The other team comes back. So, yeah, so Baldwinsville <laughs> now getting this W uh, kind of reminds me of Syracuse, you know. There you similar, go. Yep. Similar vein right there. Yeah, and you look at Beville's schedule. I mean, just looking at what Beville has the rest of the way, they got a ton of games. They got eight games left on the campaign. Uh, at General Brown, at FM, not uh, all. essentially six of the remaining eight are on the road. Mm-hmm. At General Brown at FM this week, and then West Jenny at home, followed by a Rome trip to road trip, a four game road trip, Rome Free Academy, Liverpool, Cicero North Syracuse, and Henniger, mm-hmm. and then closing out at home against FM. I I think Ballinsville's got a chance to really make some noise here. I really think they do. Yeah, and I'll always favor a team that has a center with that. It's just such a huge positional advantage uh, at the high school level. And you see Kyra Wilbur, their center, averaging over 13 points per game, uh, really just dominating on the interior. That's just such a huge advantage that they have over even good teams. Because when you have, maybe when your team is a little bit worse than other teams, if you have a center, that can just completely change the dynamic of a game if you just have someone who are just shutting down any type of interior scoring and grabbing all the rebounds. That's why I think Baldwinsville is probably a sleeper team, I'd say. Even with only a 500 record, they're probably my sleeper team for the uh, AA playoffs. Now, on the flip side, Utica-Notre Dame, Ella Trinkus and Aaron Trinkus, both of them are freshmen. Mm-hmm. Okay? Look at this. Trink... Ella Trinkus has scored 166 points, leads the team in scoring. 15 a game. Averaging 15 a game. Aaron Trinkus, 30 points. And then Maggie Trinkus, a junior, a junior, has scored 126. Mm -hmm. A junior and two freshmen. Wow. Yeah, they're. All the three of them are putting this team on their back. Aaron, not as much, but even still as a freshman, she's getting a decent amount of work. Oh, yeah. So, and you can't count out the contribution that she's making. Oh, no, definitely not. And and you look at the the remainder of the schedule for Utica Notre Dame. They're seven and four in the year, but they're still on being in Tri Valley League play. That's how they've been doing it. They've got Catholic Central coming up uh, this week, as well as a trip to Rome Free Academy on the 17th. 
So that should be a fun matchup right there. Mm-hmm. Holland Penn and VVS at home at New Hartford, and then back to VVS on the 31st. So they'll play yep. Vernon Verona Cheryl over the course of nine days, yep. uh, two games. And then Camden at home, and then they close out on the road at Oneida and Holland Patton. <clears throat> I think Utica Notre Dame could make some noise too. Yep. And and the, with the three Trincos sisters leading the way, uh, this could be a very dangerous team come playoff yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. So looking at some other games in girls basketball, Cooperstown beat Little Falls 52-51 uh, in a great game in the CSC, uh, leading the way quickly in points. 30 points for Danielle Seaman for Cooperstown. 30 mm-hmm. with nine rebounds. Not bad. Um, nobody else, though, got above 10. Uh, Brenna Seaman scored eight points. Rory Nellen added six to lead the way for Cooperstown. For Little Falls, a little bit more balanced scoring. Alexis Kress, 15 points. 14 points each for Adriana Izzo and Michaela Mowers, 14 points apiece, leading the way for Little Falls. Really good game here. Tight throughout. That's what you want. Yep. Um, Cooperstown was only up one at the end of the first quarter, and it was tight throughout. Both teams scored 14 points in the second, third, fourth quarter, same points. 14 each, 15 each, 13 each. There's your final. 52-51. Mm-hmm. I don't really think the lead got past two points at all in this game. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you want to see. And both of these teams, yeah, they're in the middle of the pack right now. Yeah, Cooperstown's now 7-5, and five, Little Falls 6-6. Six and six. They're sort of safe right now in terms of making the playoffs. But again, a couple losses, and they could be out. I mean, they're both jockeying for position because they're both in Class C. Uh, this one's key for the Hawkeyes because it puts them over Little Falls, and you keep getting these wins against teams your level. Um, that's going to get you a higher seed and get you easier matchups. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's what you want. And you look at Cooperstown's schedule the rest of the way. Um, they, they won't meet again because they already played their two games. Uh, Cooperstown's got Clinton coming up uh, next week. So not this week. They'll they'll play uh, this next Saturday, Ackland, then home against Sacramento Valley. Um, they still got two games with Sacramento Valley, uh, and two with Westmoreland to close out the year, uh, as well as games against Sherburneville, uh, and like I said, Clinton and Waterville. Uh, Cooperstown could really make uh, some noise uh, later this year as well. Little Falls, on the other hand. They they got themselves a favorable schedule too. I I think really the they got a tough game with Poland coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Poland's pretty decent. Yeah, one loss, Poland. Only one loss. And uh, Adirondack, a lot of winnable games though. On the road at Adirondack, at Herkimer, Dodgeville, Waterville, you know, and Frankfurt Shiler to close out the year. This is, this should be fun. Mm-hmm. This really should be fun. Yeah. And finally, some real great. Yeah, some great B teams. Yeah, great, great. Class B teams. Yep. And finally, Mexico taking care of business. Mexico doing really well in girls basketball. 11-1 and one on the campaign. They beat Phoenix 37-31. Uh, and you, let's look at Mexico because we really don't have a lot of uh, stats. Their only loss of the year came against a good skinny Atlas team, losing 48-36. But since then, they have rattled off what nine looks straight, like nine yeah. straight, uh, including... Games against really, really good teams. Beat CBA 44 29, which is really good. Uh, Squeak, again, 
squeaked by Hannibal by three on the road, but that's not easy. Yep. Uh, going on there to win on the road, beat Phoenix again twice. Uh, they won the earlier matchup back in December. Um, you look at the rest of the schedule they got. A lot of their games are at home. They actually play Phoenix a third time. <laughs> oh, they play Phoenix at home again, again February 11th. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How did they get lucky? Um, Chenango, West Hill at home. A lot of winnable games on the schedule that's left. I'm just liking what Mexico is doing right now. And I mean, Anissa Ingersoll. Oh, yeah. Over, averaging over 20 points per game for the Tigers. And she's really the one that's putting the team on her back, saying this is how we're going to win these games by playing through me. And that's what she's doing. And uh, that's why they're beating teams like Phoenix uh, pretty handily because mm-hmm. you see how she's just able to take over games, especially when it gets close. So, I mean, Phoenix is a team that's kind of searching for their identity. They've got some good players, and Sarah Rooch, Elena Deschnow, Miley mm-hmm. Esposito, but they're not a team that should be hanging with Mexico. So, um, and yeah, we'll see how it goes, because both of these teams, they're both playoff teams. We could see a, maybe even a fourth matchup. Is This is a, you could kind of see like a, uh, maybe a semifinal, quarterfinal matchup with these could two be. teams. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see maybe four games through these teams over the course of the year. Yeah, and not only is it Anisia Ingersoll leading the way, um, don't count out uh, Emma Lawler, yep. senior forward, 103 points so far on the year. Um, again, this is a team that could really make some noise yep. this year. Um, it reminds me of the back in the in the uh, mid to late 2000s when girls basketball was doing really, really well. Yep. Um, and and this is just really good basketball right now that uh, Mexico has, has, has played. Really proud of my alma mater. I yep. really am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so shout out to Mexico out there. So when we come back, we will have Mark Bratslavsky coming on the show from JDCBA on the swim team. We'll have a swimmer on the show yeah. uh, coming up. So you don't want to miss that. More players only when we come back on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Go away. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. And we're now joined by Mark Bratslavsky. Now I can't talk. Mark Bratslavsky from JDCBA. Welcome to the show. Good morning, everyone. Thank yeah. you, Ryan, Matt, for having me. I greatly appreciate this opportunity. No problem. We're glad to have you on the show, too. It's Like I said, I think it's the first time we've had a swimmer on uh, on the show, or at least one that actually came into the studio. I think we had a previous swimmer before, yeah, but they actually called into the show. Last year, yeah. yeah. So let's let's get to it. You know, um, your team right now is unbeaten right now. You're, you obviously have a team that's combined with Jamesville DeWitt and Christian Brothers Academy. Um, and the team's unbeaten um, so far. Only played four dual meets, but you got, looks like, six lined up right now. So, because uh, a lot of swimmers, they also compete on an individual level. So, which do you like more? Do you like the individual swimming, like the invitationals, where you don't really compete for points, you just compete for times and then look to work your way up the leaderboard? Or do you like the dual meet structure where you're just playing to, to beat your opponent? Yeah, really, really good question. Uh, I'd say it's a mixture of both. I really like how swimming is both an individual and a team sport, right? I'm working towards getting my personal records in, in every single meet, in every single race. But at the same time, 
you know, in those dual meets, I'm working towards a team goal as well. Uh, during the invitationals, I'd say the, the individuals, I'd say that's usually when I clock in my best times, but that's because, you know, we have a wide variety of schools there. It's not just like against the one team. Um, but also during those dual meets, I'm also, you know, really working hard to get as fast as I can to, you know, help the team win. So I, I don't think I can decide on one uh, just because I like them both a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just really good how it's both an individual and a team sport. And, you know, you're working towards a team goal while also working on personal bests. I mean, piggybacking off that, um, you look at how I know you compete in both uh, individuals as well as you, you do the 50 uh, free as well as also um, doing some relays. So yes. which event would you say that you're the best at? Which uh, race? Like if you had to pick one. Right. Uh, I mean, as, as far as the stats go right now, I'd say that my 50 freestyle time is the best. Um, actually, on Friday, I believe we had our first invitational where our 200 medley relay, we got first and we made states. So so that was really, really fun. And I actually clocked in a best time there. Uh, and I went at 21.7 second 50 freestyle. And and I, I didn't even think I could go that fast. So that was probably my best time. And that's probably my best event as well. So with that being that being said, out of the four strokes in swimming, because you have freestyle, you have butterfly, breaststroke, and backstroke, out of those four, which one is your personal favorite and which one is your strength? Uh, the freestyle and the freestyle. I am I am <laughs> bad at all the other ones. But they're, they're too difficult to swim. You know, when I was just starting swimming, I would only do freestyle. And I'm actually relatively new to the sport. I only started swimming sophomore year. So, you know, freestyle was the only one I really knew how to do. And I'd say it has the least technique involved and just, you know, when I get in the water, I'm moving my arms as fast as I can. Uh, but the other one, you know, they're very technical. You have to be, you have to be a uh, very experienced swimmer, I'd say, to, to be good at those. So probably the freestyle. Yeah, and uh, looking at JDCBA, how you guys' season has gone so far, uh, 4-0 in terms of uh, facing off against other schools. Um, for... For just the entire team, but in general, how would you say the season's gone? And also, who are some of the other guys on the team who have really uh, stood out to you so far this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our season has been going really well, especially I think uh, during practices. You know, at the beginning of our at the beginning of our season, our coach Bob Buley, he uh, he sat us down and he was like, "Boys, we're gonna make the practices really hard so that the meets are really easy." Uh, so during practices, you know, that's that's when we're all working really really hard. Um, you know, just some names that come to mind are Nate Wales, Misha Kabunov, Losha Kabunov. They're the uh, brothers. And then Luke Marino, you know, Luke and I are in the same lane during practice and we're always pushing each other. Uh, actually, we joke, you know, when we get out of practice, Luke's asking me, Luke's like, Mark, the funny thing about swimming is like, what muscle hurts? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, is, that, is, that is the joke among swimmers because I, I swam for a while when I was in high school and yeah, and our our slogan up in Mexico was like, no pain, no gain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, make the practices hard so the meets are easy. I, I, I kind of like that coaching philosophy in terms of a swimming standpoint. Uh, that being said, obviously, you've traveled to a lot of schools mm -hmm. in, in terms of swimming. Um, which, which, which school that you've gone to has like the best pool? The best pool. Good question. Um, I mean, they're all very, very solid. Uh, I don't think I've gone to one pool where it's like, oh, I hated this place. You know, all, all the pools are really nice. 
Uh, just the favorite school probably swimming against is West Genesee. Yeah. Because their head coach right now, Joe Amidro, he was my coach when I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. and then he transferred to then and and to there, and you know the the whole team is still really really close with him. He's a, he's a really great guy. So it's really fun to you know have that sort of reunion when we swim against West Genesee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. You mentioned earlier that you qualified for states and relay. Uh, I know you're 50 free. Obviously, you had a great time there, and so you're definitely one of the top uh, in the section uh, in terms of just swimming. So, what's the work behind the scenes that goes into being a top level swimmer? You mentioned uh, how your coach is pushing you to do like the hard practices, but um, like on your own individually, what goes into being that top level at your sport? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that both being I'm personally motivated and, you know, my team motivates me. Um, outside of swimming, you know, before the season started, I was lifting with with a few other members of the team before school started uh, and now uh, before practice starts, so right after school. And then, you know, just during practice, when you're feeling tired, uh, it's, it's all mental at that point. You know, it's can you push yourself to just keep going during practice so that you know, because I, I always put myself in the situation like, Mark, imagine... This is, you know, the last 25 yards of your 100 freestyle race. You know, you have to really be able to push yourself to go faster than your competitor. So during practice, um, I'm definitely motivating myself, you know, reciting some David Goggins. Uh, and then also, you know, I've got, like I mentioned, uh, other members of the team that, you know, I see are are also re- working really hard. And I'm like, wow, I want to be, be up there with them. So definitely, yeah. All right. So like we close with every segment when we have somebody on the show, I'd like to ask some quick fire questions, maybe not related to sports, but just to, you know, I guess liven the mood up a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. He says, let's do it. All right. So uh, I guess first question, we'll start off with an easy one. Favorite color? Blue. We get a lot of blue. (laughs) We get a ton of blue. Um, That being said, uh, favorite pregame meal that you eat? And now we've had various um, things from many players of different sports. Swimmers usually don't like to eat a lot before a meet. Yeah, that's um, not the best. So, I guess maybe Is a there meal or a it? snack or that you have uh, before a meet. Yeah, I eat both Cliff, Bar- Cliff Bars both before meets and practices. Okay. Uh, but then also, I love my mom's uh, avocado toast. Ah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, good to have something light before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you, you always want to have something that yeah. has energy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Especially with swimmers, because swimmers, <clears throat> I could speak from personal experience, you don't want to eat too much before a meet. Absolutely not. Um, especially, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to eat something and then 30 minutes later get in the pool and like, oh, crap, crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, that happened to me once. That was not pretty. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, Any music that you listen to, especially like, Maybe while you're working out or before yeah. the game, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, yeah. Our one one of our swimmers, Misha Kabunov, he has a whole playlist. I can't, you know, recite all the songs from there, but uh, "Family Ties" is very very popular Ooh, within yep. our team. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all one. know all the words. And then uh, I forgot the name of it, but the one that goes like "Rah Rah Rasputin." Well, oh, that's like yeah, our yeah. that's like our team song. I'd say. Uh-huh. So. Okay, let's see what else we got. Favorite vacation destination. Ooh, probably Florida, uh, just because I get to swim there also, play tennis, and, mm-hmm. and see my grandparents. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, where do your grandparents live in Florida? They're on the East Coast, Boynton Beach. Ah, Boynton Beach. The, no, it, so the Atlantic side, right? Yes. Atlantic side of the state? Okay. 
Now, I know you mentioned that you had played tennis. If you had to choose swimming or tennis, what would it be? Mm. That's uh, a tough one for you. Yeah, I've been playing tennis for much longer than I have swimming. Uh, I don't think I can decide just because I feel like everybody in my life would, would start arguing with that over yeah, me. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I might have to pass on this one just so that nobody gets mad. <laughs> yeah. All right, and in honor of Martin Luther King Day, which is tomorrow, uh, who's been the biggest inspiration in your life? Biggest inspiration? Probably in regards to swimming or just... Uh, just, just in general. general, just in general. Hmm. Probably my older brother. I definitely ah. really, really look up to him, uh, you know, in life academically uh, and especially in swimming. You know, that's the reason I started swimming. Uh, that's the reason I think, you know, modestly I got fast uh, because, you know, he was there and I was competing with him mainly. So definitely my older brother, Michael. Nice. So, Mike, if you're if you're listening, you, you got a favorite right here. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mark Broslavsky, thank you so much for joining on the show today. It's It's been a blast talking with you, and hopefully we could do this again in the future. If not, good luck the rest of the way. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt and Ryan. I really appreciate it. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's players only looking at what we think are the top games you should be looking for this week in high school sports. So don't go away. More players only when we come back on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. And now we talk about some of the games that you might want to keep an eye out on this week. Like I said, we're about two-thirds of the way through the winter sports season, so let's get to it. And we first start off with a good matchup coming up on Tuesday mm-hmm. in the in the boys' ice hockey. We have CBAJD surprisingly having a great year, 10-2 and two on the year, uh, going up against New Hartford, hosting New Hartford at home. Uh, New Hartford, by the way, is 6-5-1. and one. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you look at the last four games between the two they met earlier this year, CBAJD beat New Hartford 6 to 5. In fact, the last 4 games that these two teams faced, um all of this uh was uh early uh, like last year all CBAJD wins. Yep. But the last two were by one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh so this is a big one. Well actually no, not all of them were wins. Back in December 14, 2021, CBAJD and New Hartford tied yep. at one apiece. No losses for the brothers. So but you look at New Hartford's last five games. They've won three out of their last five. The last loss was a 10-9 high-scoring affair with Cortland Homer. Yeah, they were up throughout most of the game, and then they lost 6-3 to three in the third period. They allowed six goals in one period, and that's just a killer because having that signature win against Cortland Homer mm-hmm. would have been huge. Because right now, New Hartford looks like the solid fourth team in D2, where it's kind of like at the top, you see Skinny Atlas, Cortland Homer, CBAJD, and then they're right, they're not quite at the level of the teams below them, mm-hmm. but they're also trailing behind those top three teams. So, yeah, New Hartford's right now kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, and CBAJD has won four out of their last five they lost their last matchup with Skinny Atlas, who is really just starting to find their footing. Yeah, uh, and getting back into the swing of things, they're losing that one three to three to nothing. There, that's now both of CBIJD's losses on the season. Only right, two losses, and they've come by a combined seven to zero against Skinny Atlas, yeah. losing the first one four zero, second one three zero. Yeah, this one's going to be a fun, fun matchup. 
yep. this week on Tuesday. Uh, the second game that you might want to circle on the calendar, Indian River at General Brown on Thursday. Yep. Right? Yeah, the 19th yep. is a Thursday. Thursday. And Indian River is 13-1 and in the year. General Brown is 10-0. and Mm-hmm. So General Brown still have yet to lose. You look at the last five between the two. Uh, Indian River has won the last two matchups uh, between these two. It's generally an even split out of the last five. Indian River's won three of them. General Brown's won two. Uh, the last meeting was back last year, February 1st, uh, when Indian River won by three, 50 to 47. In fact, minus the matchup back in 2019 when Indian River beat General Brown 60 to 40, it's been by 10 points or less the last four meetings. So this should be a really fun matchup uh, between the two. Indian River beat CBA in their last matchup, 47-34. And then General Brown in their last game beat Catholic Central by only a point, 54-53. That should be a fun one. Yeah, and both teams have loaded rosters. You look at Indian River having Raven Marcel averaging a lot of points a game. You got Isabella Davis as well as Michaela Dells and uh, Allison Lamora. And then on the uh, Lions side, uh, undefeated record behind the play of Corey Nichols, Ainsley Fuller. They're probably the top team in Class B on the girls' side. So, uh, yeah, you look at two of the premier teams in each of their classes, Indian River for A, General Brown for B, and it's going to be a matchup where I'm predicting a high-scoring game. I see something oh, yeah. along the lines of, I think uh, Indian River pulls this one out. I think General Brown takes their first loss of the season, but it's going to be close. I'm looking at something like, 52 to 47 or something like that. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, it should be a really fun, exciting game. Yeah. Um, especially so if you're out in that area, please go go watch that game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun on the girls' basketball side, and then in boys' basketball, it's the battle of the bishops, so to speak. Yep. Uh, I I know there's another name for no, this I'm rivalry, sure but I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what they call it. Bishop Ludden going up against Bishop Grimes Friday, 7:45 uh, on January 20th, and you look at the last five between the two. Grimes has won the last three, including matchup earlier this year, beating uh, beating Ludden sixty to forty eight. Both teams not doing uh, well. Grimes is doing okay, eight and three right now. Yeah, Grimes the top of the Ludden, class A. Yeah. Ludden needs to win badly just to get uh, just to get a look uh, at the playoffs. But this is a rivalry that goes back years, decades. And I mean decades. Yeah. Um, it should be a fun one. Uh, on Friday night, some good Friday night basketball. Yeah, uh, Ludden in their last five, they lost to Catholic Central seventy-eight fifty-seven uh, in their last game. Grimes back on the thirteenth lost to CBA sixty-two fifty-six, which we talked about earlier. I mean, wins over St. Francis as well as uh, Ludden and uh, Schenectady. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Ludden's, yeah, Ludden's this- last win, by the way, was. Back on January seventh against Cardinal O'Hara, beating them seventy six forty two. So, <clears throat> you know, Ludden may be struggling right now, but they need a couple of good wins to get back into uh, Section three playoff consideration. Um, I think they can do it. I mean, they're two four in the OHSL, so they could get in based off league record. Yeah, and this is one of those games where maybe Grimes is the probably the better team. I'd say. Pretty much everyone would say Grimes is the better team. But when you have a rivalry matchup like this, anything can happen. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and, and these two teams aren't separated too far from each other mm-hmm. at all. So that'll wrap things up here. We got Wild Card Weekend this weekend. It's uh, for the NFL playoffs. That's underway right now. 
Buffalo Bills taking on the Dolphins at 1 o'clock uh, later today. A um, lot of good stuff going on in yeah. sports. A lot of good stuff. It's, it's, it's the time of year, uh, especially in January, when you have a lot of sports going on mm-hmm. and everything just seems to click. I mean, the NBA is still going on, NHL, college basketball. NBA, all yeah, that stuff. Who cares about the NBA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. And, th- and that's what we like about January. Yeah. January is one of the most sport. fun seasons for sports. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you for, so much for joining us for our guest, Mark Bratslavsky, for my co-host, Ryan Story. I'm Matt Slocum, wishing you a great rest of your Sunday. Go Bills. Beat the Dolphins. Go Giants. I have to say that. Go Giants. Beat the beat the Vikings. Uh, and uh, whatever, whatever you do, just stay out there. Also, don't forget Martin Luther King Day is tomorrow. We recognize uh, the great leader who transformed so many lives yep. uh, for many Americans. Um, and it's, you know, it's a great way to honor him as well. Enjoy your day off from school, Ryan. Yeah. I still, I still got to go to work tomorrow. I got to work tomorrow as well. Uh, well, at least you get to have fun at your work. Yeah. Um, me? Well, I still have fun. I uh, don't really want to say anything bad. Um, but yeah. Have yourself a great rest of your Sunday. We'll talk again next week here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio, Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.